the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared with someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So that when the plants came up and began to, to bear grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did all these weeds come from? And he answered, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No because in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with it. So let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and, and bind them in bundles and set them aside to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us this parable of the weeds and the wheat. Jesus answered him, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The, the Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I've heard that it's said that a crisis reveals hidden truth. A crisis reveals hidden truth. And here in this parable, we hear tell of a, of a crisis. There's weeds growing up with the wheat. And this is what reveals who this farmer really is we learn at least three things about this farmer. First of all, that this farmer is wise. Even though this farmer was sleeping, just like everyone else, did not see what was going on in the field, the farmer can look at the results. 
and knows that an enemy did this. This farmer is wise. This crisis reveals it. And the second thing we learn about this farmer because of the crisis is that this farmer is loving. There's at least two ways in which this farmer is loving. One, let's uproot the weeds, his hired hands say, and no, he is focused on the harm that will be done. No. Two, he loves this field too much, loves what's the wheat too much to let there be any collateral damage loving. We also learn that this farmer is standing in for Christ himself and over and over again in the Gospel of Matthew, love your enemies. Your enemies will be members of your own household. We see how Jesus engaged his own enemies, firm, dedicated to the truth and to love, and yet not willing to return violence for violence. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus says to Peter. Yet another person that Jesus is dedicated to love, Peter, continues to lead him. So this farmer is wise. This farmer is loving, loving the field and Jesus' loving enemies. And finally, this farmer is strong. Not strong in the way that we usually think about strong. Not with, you know, aggressiveness, not with muscle, not with bluster, but a strength that's revealed in patience. A strength that's revealed in a willingness to yield. This farmer says, wait until the end, which is frankly not the choice I am always willing to make, to wait, to be patient, to have the strength to bear with imperfection. Crises reveal hidden truth. I wonder, what about the crises that we are in right now? What has been revealed to you? What has been revealed to you about you? Or about this nation? Or about God? Now, Maybe we weren't taught to look at the Gospels this way. But I want us to notice now, this perhaps hidden truth, is that Jesus' whole ministry is a response to crisis. I mean, first of all, the Gospels show that it's after John the Baptist is arrested that Jesus is motivated to begin his public ministry. This is a crisis in itself, and the scale of it is known by 
the scale of what John the Baptist was doing, the scale of the injustice, also the way it galvanized Jesus' first disciples, made them ready to say yes immediately, as soon as Jesus called them. And then if we trust that, that the Jesus in the very specific things he does in his ministry is a response to a crisis. Well, Jesus is healing. Why were people so sick? Why were so many people sick? Well, there was a public health crisis. Jesus was feeding people. And why were they hungry except for an economic crisis. And Jesus was very intentionally engaging the leaders of Israel. There was a political crisis. And of course, Jesus was teaching. Jesus was leading whole communities into a new way of life. There was a, there was a spiritual crisis. Jesus' whole ministry, a response to crisis. And it's from the gospel that these very questions arise, for me anyway, for us in the moment. What, what happens to a people who never face the crisis that they are in? What happens to a people who are not willing to discover the urgency of their own and their neighbor's deep need. I mean, what happens to a people who see in salvation itself an even worse crisis and so reject it, turn it away? I would say that we reap what we sow. But the crisis of this cross, the cross of Jesus, and the crisis that's reflected in this parable tell a more complicated truth, reveal something more about a God who is strong and loving and wise and that strength is, first of all, non-controlling, unwilling to control. That yes, there is an invitation to behold the cost, but that whatever the pain of that truth is that here is a God who uses that pain as part of the, the birthing process. All of creation groans in labor pangs. That is, something new and beautiful is born as we come face to face with the crisis and with the cross, trusting in this God who is strong and loving and wise. There's an invitation and more than that, a promise that change is possible. 
I would beware of the dividers. Anyone who is trying to, to split up the field into the good and the bad, the good people and the bad people, the deserving people and the undeserving people, the people on the right side of history, the people on the wrong side of history. Here in this parable, we see a farmer who is unwilling to divide up his field, though it is evident that not everything is right, that there is much that is wrong and not the way the farmer intended. And yet, in that crisis, the truth of that farmer is revealed. The trustworthiness of that farmer is revealed. There isn't really an answer in this parable to why is there evil. I mean, not anyone from my from my point of view, that is deeply satisfying. But instead, there is an invitation to wake up. Anyone with ears, listen. Wake up to the God-given, godly nature of yourself, of ourselves, of others, of all of creation. In that promise that I see in this parable, that in the real life that we live, that is not about weeds and wheat, that people can change, and that love can change people from weeds into wheat, even as we may see revealed in us both, the sinful and the righteous. Love is never imposed. It is always offered. And yet, here is a farmer who, although if it was me, I might be galled every morning to wake up and see this field. Every morning I might wake up and think every day these, the weeds and the wheat, they grow deeper together. These weeds are such a problem. Only love, love for all, love for enemies is what is revealed in this farmer. One field that the farmer is unwilling to divide. Rain, Jesus says. God sends the rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And so a deep invitation to me me as I encounter this passage, to pray all the more deeply. This is a parable that changed my life. This is a parable that wrestled with me to let go of my perfectionism about myself, to let go of my, the, the, the purity that I thought I had to have before I was acceptable to God, before I earned a place in God's field. This is the parable that held on to me and showed how God was willing to let God's roots be intermingled with mine, that God called me good, that God was patient 
and loving and merciful and willing to claim everyone in the field of God's world. God claims you. And beware of anyone who would deny it. Beware of anyone who would say, these ones are claimed by God, but these ones are not. Beware of the divider. And it's in that trusting of love that we finally can face the real problems that we may have. It's in the love that the truth is revealed. Whatever this crisis has to teach us right now, I strongly believe it is that we must in invest even more in love, invest even more in a public way, not in a way that this is what just so holds up this nation, I think, is that we're willing to, only willing to invest in the good people. And so that means that circle of the people we're willing to invest in shrinks and shrinks until it comes down to just me and my family. But then we find in ourselves a poverty that we don't know what to do with. And we exclude ourselves, even our own selves, from the circle of care and love. The question of this crisis and all of the many crises, crises that are facing us the public health crisis, the injustice crisis, the ecological crisis, the economic crisis, the political crisis. The question for us to ask is not who are the weeds and who are the wheat, but what and who needs to be loved. And if God has offered such self-giving love to me, what is the love? Who is who does God want me to love? Who does God want us as a nation to love? Not dividing, but uniting in this one field by a singular love, which is not ours, but is given, thanks be to God, by this farmer, this strong, loving, wise farmer, who lives beyond death. Thanks be to God.